If there's one phrase that sums up the physical therapy profession, that phrase would be, it depends. Welcome to the Tales from the Plant podcast, where we will explore the notorious it depends phrase through interesting and in-depth interviews with physical therapists from all types of practice. Join us for inspiration, laughs, and tips and tricks in starting and improving your clinical practice. Welcome Welcome to to Tales Tales from from the Plant podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Plant. Today, we are joined by someone I go a little while back with, Ryan Thorson. Ryan, go ahead and say hi to everybody, man. Hey, everybody. How's it going? So Ryan's working as an emergency room PT in Las Vegas. Um, So Ryan, tell us a little bit about, um, we'll start off with like your experience in PT school and uh, like, where did you do your rotations at and what led you to want to go out to Vegas and, and start this career? Yeah, so it was definitely different. Um, I mean, just being in PT school, starting at Gannon. Uh, I started Gannon in 2017 for grad school. And just as our clinicals were set up, you know, we had our all of our musculoskeletal orthopedics like classes first. So that kind of is like how we started off our first rotation. So I know all you guys know, but for those listeners out there, we do four rotations at Gannon. So them are or two of them are the 10-week rotations then we have an eight-week rotation and then the last one's the 12 weeks Um, you know the first rotation I got to go through was an outpatient based and then I slowly kind of progressed to uh, an inpatient rehab which was then talked or which was then out in Las Vegas the the third one I did was in uh, acute care at uh, Shadyside Hospital and then my fourth one, I finished out at Valley Hospital in Las Vegas, Nevada. So that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. Um, when I was uh, on my last rotation, I was strictly in the emergency department. So my days that I worked with my CI, we were there from Monday through Wednesday, and it was 12-hour shifts. So it's not a bad schedule. Um, but that's kind of how I got out to where I am today. Uh, there's not a lot of PTs in the emergency department. Uh, there is a Facebook group, the EDPT. I think there's about on our list right now, like 77 either full-time or part-time PTs throughout the nation. Of And then I know there's across the seas, there's like people that started in Canada and Australia. So those are all different. That's kind of where this first originated from. So that's kind of how we brought it into Valley Hospital and how my CI kind of started the program there. And I then, after he moved and everything, I kind of took over it after I graduated and everything in 2020. That's, wow. So 77 people practicing in the United States as emergency department PTs. You're really one of the few in that case, man. So like, what made you go out to Vegas for those rotations? Do you have family out there? I mean, like, that's a pretty big move. Yeah, so it's definitely a big move. So um, with Courtney and Julie, they were very willing. Those are our teachers at Gannon University. They were really willing to place us wherever we had free housing. So uh, my partner actually lives out here in Las Vegas. So after that, I kind of just moved out here and took a leap. So I know after the pandemic, it kind of was a little crazy just because uh, there wasn't a lot of jobs opened and everything. So I was kind of worried to get out here, but I was in constant communication with the lead PT at Valley Hospital. And, you know, it was June or July. They were like, oh, we're, we're still waiting to open a position for you. But I started in out for two months and then 
Um, I kind of liked it there, but then uh, they finally said, hey, look, the position opened up. Like, do you want this position? I jumped on it right away. So, so that's kind of how I got back into the hospital. That's great, man. So what did your role look like during the pandemic? I mean, you, like obviously a ton of people are coming in to do, you know, with COVID concerns and stuff like that. Um, did your role change at all during that time? Um, it definitely changed before, like before pre-pandemic and everything, as I was doing it from January to March for my, uh, for my rotation, it was a lot of like ortho based, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people come in for, you know, little back pain or, you know, shoulder pain, knee pain. I saw a lot more of those people like during that time, but then as the pandemic occurred, you know, we're having a lot of like overflow into the ER because, you know, we're rolling out that everybody's sick and everything. So, you know, I'm constantly wearing an N95 down there because, you know, you're on the front line with all the nurses and the doctors. So you kind of have to make sure that you're wearing PPE the whole time down there. And it's kind of changed over that time now that like the numbers have dropped and everything, but, you know, people still need to come to the emergency room because of their injuries and, you know, being sick, but, you know, we just kept trying to be as safe as possible in like the environment that we were in. So it did change a little bit, but I think we're finally back to like where we are pre-pandemic, like when I was a student doing all the other things. Cool. And like, why don't you give us a little bit, could you give us a little compare and contrast maybe about like what your typical, what like a typical PT versus what you do in the ED kind of department? And then the second part is like, what made you want to stay in the emergency department? Like, was there something specific or was it just, you feel like it was a good fit? So going to your first uh, question, like comparing like a PT, like to a typical PT, I mean, in the acute care setting, it's definitely different just because, you know, um, I'm seeing a lot of same day people that I can, you know, hopefully I can start like a either continuation of plans for them here and like try to get them to an outpatient. So I'm seeing a lot of ortho, like musculoskeletal injuries. Um, a lot of them could be like mobility assessments that I see if somebody comes in for a fall, um, you know, and the doctors talk to me and they're like, hey, are they safe to go back home? You know, we have a lot of DME in the, the emergency department. So I'm, I typically recommend like, like a walker or cane if they do need something like that. And if they're safe, uh, kind of make sure that their home setup's all good as well. But, you know, compared to like the PTs on the floor and everything, they're doing a lot of the evals that, you know, they're already in the hospital. They're seeing like a lot of SICU, MICU patients, uh, med telly. So it's kind of different from that style. But, um, you know, I really just wanted to be in this setting because, you know, a couple people come in and you like the doctor see them and they're like, hey, I, I have back pain, but, you know, they either get them imaging, get the medication, and then if they're able to, you know, walk from there, like, okay, well, they're good to go home. But that's where I come in. And I'm like, hey, look, let me at least, you know, get them started on some exercise. Let me see, like, how can we, you know, decrease this pain without just relying on pain medications? And I've actually had a lot of good responses. If you, like, educate the patient well, you know, you work with them, um, show them a couple things. I get a lot of people that are like, I've actually had a couple follow-ups that are like, Hey, like you helped me with my back last year. Like now it's my knee this time. I came back to the, the emergency department because I, I knew there was a PT here. So like just seeing like the carryover from when I was a student, seeing them again, it's kind of different. 
So it's nice that I can like, you know, provide like maybe some instant relief or like start them on some cold modalities or get them a couple exercises. So I do a lot of like education and just providing exercises for people like same day. And then, you know, because I don't know the follow-up, like I always educate them saying, hey, look, you know, I only see you once. So, you know, there's, I have like a list of outpatients that I created with my CI saying like, here's all these different places, call them. And just because insurance is always weird, I say, hey, if you have a primary care, follow up with them. But, you know, we do have direct access that talk to your insurance, see if we can get you some physical therapy in the outpatient. And a couple of people have done that from like the surveys that we received. So, but other than that, I think that's kind of like, it should be, um, it's a very good like feeling that you can like just help somebody like right away and just spend that extra 10 minutes that you have in the ER rather than the physician coming over saying, hey, labs are good, you're good to go. So like, I think it's a very rewarding kind of field because like I can, you know, spend time with them like that they need and they'll like then leave more satisfied than they did come in. Yeah, that's super, that's super unique having like the, the one-time visit and then really sending them on to another setting of some sort. Um, but it also comes with its own set of challenges. Like how, how much do you find yourself relying on like different screening techniques and stuff like that um, to make sure that, you know, a person coming in for a fall doesn't have something else going on that they're coming to the emergency department for? Yeah, um, great question. I mean, you know, being like a first year out still like, still new, you all like uh, covering yourself. So using as many like, you know, outcome measures that you can like, how well are they moving? Like um, their cadence might increase. So like, what can we help to make sure that they're steady and everything? So, you know, I do a lot of like little tests, like five types of disdain, gait speed. Um, and then I also like do a lot of history too, but you know, some older patient, you know, I had to educate a lot of the nurses and the doctors like, okay, they might be A and O times four, but you know, they scored a zero out of five on their mini cog. Like they can't like, you know, even like, I can memorize these four things if five different professions come in. So like, let's give them something different and see if they can do this. And, you know, we, I work hand in hand with the case manager. So it was awesome down there. You know, we make sure that we can like either if they have a safe discharge home, um, make sure we can provide them the DME. So it's definitely like different screening tools from that aspect, but, you know, communication is like key down at ER. So like talking to the doctor, talking to the nurses, seeing how they're doing while they're there so and like if they're not safe like I've actually had to tell some physicians hey like uh you know I don't think this person's safe at home I think we need to get them more rehab and so some of the ER docs are like really like like okay let's let's get them in let's get them upstairs we'll watch them over the next couple of days but then you do have your other ones that are kind of like stuck in their ways but you know that's kind of where I come in and just to educate them more so Yeah, do you find that, I guess it's kind of going off what you said, do you find that a lot of like physicians or nurses or other healthcare professionals like kind of need to warm up to the idea of you being in this setting as a physical therapist and how do you kind of handle that? Um, so with the, with how our facility set up, I came in at like the right time because my CI broke down a lot of those barriers. So he, because he started this program in 2019, so it's been here for, you know, two and a half years now that they're, the physicians are now kind of like relying on us, making sure that we're doing a lot of these things. We do have a lot of 
I have a couple PAs that consult me every day. I have a couple physicians that consult me. But yeah, I mean, it's this is not as typical. I feel like, especially in the United States, like, you know, I feel like a lot of people are still stuck in these ways and they do have to warm up to the idea. But I think they need to see that, you know, we're not just there to, to walk people. Like we want, like we do home safety evaluations. We need to make sure that can we get them more therapy so that they can't return in 30 days to help, you know, them in the hospital. So. Um, so we do a lot of stuff like that, but it is difficult sometimes. And I feel like, um, my CI did a great job of like breaking down that barrier for me. So I don't have too many of those problems, but I feel like a lot of other hospitals definitely do. So if a patient does become admitted from the emergency department, um, are you still working with them, you know, in the hospital or does that move on to a different therapy team? Like, how does that work? So... I'm like just solely down. So I work full-time down the ER, but you know, I'm correlated with the acute care team. So, um, you know, if the ER is slower on some days, I'll go to the floor and pick up some evals, like just so to make sure, you know, productivity standards and all that. But uh, I actually, like, if I see them the first day, you know, I'll pick them up and then, you know, I'll coordinate with them. We have a good system where, Hey, like, let's make sure we're doing some treatments with them as well. So, they don't have to go through another reevaluation when they get on the floor. So I'll actually see a lot of the peeps, like I'll see a lot of the patients down in the ER first, and then I'll get occupational therapy on board as well if they need like placement status and everything. So it's kind of nice that we kind of coordinate care through that and then go from there. How do your patients kind of respond to seeing a physical therapist in the emergency department? Because I think you know, when the general public thinks of a physical therapist, they think, you know, oh, outpatient orthopedics. But like, we do cover a broad spectrum of settings and like a variety of um, patient populations. But do people, are people like taken aback when they see, oh, there's a PT walking into my room? Yeah, so it's kind of, it's definitely different just because, you know, our ER is like about 60-ish beds like we have 20 main beds that if they're getting admitted they're kind of in that section we have like an observation unit connected to it and then we have the people that come walk in and everything with their kind of complaints that they have so just being in that setting alone I think if you're in the beds they're kind of like okay like we'll get the PT started easier but when they're out in the chairs and everything it's kind of like wait you work down here and I'm like yeah like you're having so like and that's where like you come in you want to make sure you have like some good education to them like saying hey look you came in with xyz you know the doctors wanted me to come over and see you um, just to see like how's it how you're feeling how everything is going and see if we can kind of control some of those symptoms and those pains so some people are very receptive to it um for my setting because i'm in like inner city las vegas you get a very different wide variety of people so um kind of have to use your waddell signs a lot uh just make sure that they're there for the right reasons. And, uh, but, you know, even like if people are that, you know, I always educate them like, hey, look, you can maintain some of these symptoms or help decrease some of these symptoms if we do this together. And some people are very receptive to it, but, you know, you still have those somewhat difficult patients you might see in outpatients. So I'll tell you what, I mean, so I went to the emergency department um, last year because I woke up and I had like severe neck pain and I was like, this came out of nowhere and the phys the 
physician was a student that was working there and he had to pull out his phone and Google like what he thought was going on with me. So I really wished at that moment I had a PT to help me out because I felt like, you know, you guys yeah. would have been better at screening that. So props to you, man. Um, yeah, so definitely different. So <laughs> no, for sure. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around only seeing a patient for that short amount of time. Like what role do you have in their plan of care going forward? If, if any, other than just telling them what setting they can go to, like, do you make a, pre, like a preliminary plan and send it to the next therapist or how does that work? So it all depends. Uh, <laughs> so I know it's, it's the, those two words, it depends, but, uh, but for these people, like if they're really receptive to it, like I have my own little box of like, you know, exercises that I'm like, I'll go back to like, if they're really receptive to everything. And usually I do this for everybody, even the people that aren't receptive to PT and the ED, but I'm always like, Hey, look, we went over this today. You have this pain, your limited range of motion. You know, I have a couple exercises for you. Let me at least start you a home exercise program. Um, I usually go on, uh, choose PT, uh, the website, they have a lot of educational materials. So I see a lot of like, I either give like, you know, there's concussion handouts, but just for all of these different handouts, they just say, hey, look, this is why therapy can help. You came in and I love the lumbar and cervical like handout that they have on there because I'm like, you literally said X, Y, Z, you have all these symptoms. They're like, oh yeah, I do. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm reading through it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually, this is right on. So, but you know, I give them an educational material. Um, I give them some exercises. I'm like, here, do, try these a couple of times a day. And you know, you know, you do get, I was a little nervous at first because I'm giving these people these exercises and I'm like, well, I've been an outpatient. I know some people aren't good with like the rep sets, they come back even more sore. So I always try to start them off like very light. And I'm like, look, these are all, you know, easy exercises. They're not too harmful for you. You know, I always start with just very gentle exercises to help them. Education is key down there. And then that's kind of where I go from there. So I always try to get them to follow up. Um, you know, the people that did come back in, you know, I, I've had some good responses, but with our hospital, we're not like um, back in Pittsburgh, that's where I'm from. Uh, it's not like UPMC where you go to like a UPMC hospital to like a UPMC out, outpatient center. So it's not, there's not a lot of connections to go to like from acute setting to outpatient. So you just kind of hope that they follow what you give them and uh, you kind of go from there. So you were mentioning your schedule a little bit. So you said currently right now it's Monday to Wednesday and 12 hour shifts. So that's how, how it was for undergrad, but I now take like a lead PT on Sunday. So I do Sunday through Wednesday, four times. And then there's a, we have a part-time PT. Um, he does Thursday through Saturdays and he's eight hours those days. Okay. And I don't know too much about the emergency department, but is that like typical daylight hours? And like, I don't know, when's the ED like the most busy? I would think it would be at night, but mm -hmm. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, so we actually, so when I did my presentation on this last July, I actually did a lot of research on like, where are all these other places like uh, that are doing the emergency department? And it all depends. I mean, if you're trying to start up your own like PT in the emergency department, like you gotta realize, and everybody's coming in. So um, a lot of it is just like kind of making your own time down there. So I go seven to 5.30. Um, 
which isn't too bad for my schedule because I do see a lot, like I have more of the consulting uh, positions at those times. So, and especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, my schedule's like booked. It starts like at like eight when I get all my consults to like three is when they're there. So I get a lot of those consults, but you know, it all depends on what facility you're at. And if you plan on like starting like as an emergency department physical therapist, like kind of trial it out, see like what hours are the busiest. And like, I've seen some people's schedules go from like eight to eight, you know, 11 to 11. Um, but I know with our coverage right now, I kind of just do the four tens right now. Sunday's not as busy, but, uh, but yeah, so it's definitely depending on what hospital, what setting and like what's your patient population coming in at those times. So great question. So my question is, is like, obviously with us all being on rotation, we're all finally getting introduced to these EMR systems and documentation and assessing all the different tabs and making sure it's all filled out. How much does your examination differ from a regular PTs? I mean, cause your role in the emergency department is more so like, hey, are you, are you okay? You know what I mean? Like, you know, are, are you worried about like specific things like range of motion, muscle strength, all of that, or is it more general? So yeah, so it, I'm even still like, you know, going back and forth these days. Like, you know, I've been in the ER for the last, I started in October. So I'm still like, okay, eight months. Like I know outpatient orthopedic got to be very, you know, strict with your range of motion. Um, I'm not, I'll be honest, not taking my goniometer out every time, like checking range of motion in the ER. Cause you know, I only have so much time with these people down there. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing general assessments. Like, are they limited? Like from what you can see, like, in cervical range of motion, like if say that they come in with cervical radiculopathy, but I am doing a lot of special tests saying like, hey, like, okay, for cervical radiculopathy, they're having, uh, you know, they get relief with uh, distraction, you know, spurlings is positive, decreased cervical range of motion. Okay, that's three out of four, you're, you know, you're most likely having, you know, these symptoms, here's this, and that's where I go. Like, I provide, I try to like work with them at least like and almost to an hour if I can. Like I have the time that I can provide for these people, the physicians don't. So if I can educate them, they're willing to do exercises with me the first day, you know, if they get relief with it, you know, some people, but with the examination, it's like for my documentation style, it's like, okay, I don't have like all these check boxes, like I can't put in spurling. So, you know, in my note, I always have to do like, you know, what special tests I find and everything. You'll find that like I have a lot of CPR, CPGs that I try to use for, you know, low back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, try to do all those rules just so you have some like backup and evidence from like why you think that is, so. Okay, so very, very much different than outpatient documentation, that's for sure. Yeah. So what have you found, you know, have you had specifically other staff in the emergency room? I know you've only been there about eight months, but you've had some previous time as a student, have you had physicians or nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, whatever it is, since this program is relatively new still, like what's your consensus on what they all think about it? Do they think like, okay, cool. We have a PT down here. Like, so what are they like, man, this is awesome. Like we should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. So I think the other day or a doctor, the one, the lead ER physician was like, okay, if it was like, if we had to go on a TV show, it would be me, the case manager and you. And I was like, okay, so that's, so you kind of need us down here? He's like, yeah. So, 
there's one thing, but like he really likes us down there, you know. Um, we do a lot of consults for him. He's very open to it. Um, you know, oops. but yeah, he's very open to it. Uh, I mean, all the nurses love it down there because, you know, we start with early like progressive mobility, you know, if people are, you know, sometimes the ER gets backed up because all the floors are getting backed up too. We start physical therapy like day one right there. And, you know, we just help with like discharge process right there. So we not only like help get them moving, but we help get the hospital moving a little bit. So like just we help with like speed up the process for discharge recommendations, just seeing them day one rather than like, okay, they're here. Next day they see PT. Well, next day they're going to need OT or something because, you know, if we're going to get them placed, they need both of those on board. And then finally on the fourth or fifth day, they looking at places rather than, you know, if I can get an OT downstairs, we can do same day. And then hopefully we, we've gotten some people out on the same day to a facility and, you know, that just saves the hospital money after that. So all the nurses, all the physicians that I work with seem like they're uh, definitely on board just for, you know, we kind of help just the overall care for the patient too. So. Was it difficult for you at first being sort of a shot caller there as a kind of like a new grad? Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I was like super nervous. I mean, you know, being down in the ER with like my uh, CI, it was like, okay, like I have, he's like, and he's always like encouraging. He's like, okay, you're, you're good by yourself. I'm just standing down the hall. You do your thing. Like, I trust you. So I was like, cool. Because like, I had my like free range. Cause like, he's like, you keep doing what you're doing. You're doing fine. He's the one that kind of like recommended me for the job. So it was nice. Cause I, I felt confident enough, but you know, those first couple weeks to months, it's just like, okay, make sure you're doing the best as you can. And like, it was nice because like, you know, once you finally get in the hang of everything, like, you know, it takes like, I saw somewhere, it takes like a year for you to settle down into your job. So I'm still in that one year and I'm finally like feeling a little bit more confident. So, I mean, even today, you know, you get some people that it's like, you really try to advocate for the people and like, it, it takes a little bit on you each time, but you're like, you know, you're doing the right thing for the patient. Like, but going from there, it's like, it definitely is a little bit still on me, I guess. So it's still a new thing, you know, you're going to have that with a new job. So you guys will see it even with each clinical rotation and everything. So, so keeping with the topic of your new career and your professional growth, you know, where do your professional interests lie right now? You know, are you interested in pursuing a specialty in something? And uh, if so, what do you think would help you most in this ED type of career? Good question. Um, you know, just leading on to here, you know, and developing myself as a PT, I think just there's so many different things that I could then go on to. Like I see a lot of orthopedic patients. I see I do a lot of manual skills. Um, one of the things that I, I think I wish I would have more experience in, like, you, you know, you get only so much, but in like grad school and everything, but is vestibular training. Um, I think we had a good foundation and everything with other, our vestibular training, but I just think if I had more patients that had like symptoms and I'd be able to work on them more. So I think anything with vestibular, I would like to like continue with, because I see a lot of people that I can do like central findings and peripheral findings, you know, same day, like strokes that are getting ruled out and they're like, Oh no, they're not a stroke patient. They want me to come see them for dizziness. So, you know, I try to do the times one times two viewing with them just to make sure they have something if it wasn't the stroke. So for just some exercises, but 
Uh, vestibular would probably be one thing. Another thing would probably be like a wound care certification. Uh, I think Kate had like really prepped me well on like um, on a on just wound care and like that class. Like a couple PowerPoints that you guys will get third year. Like we're really on point. You know, definitely good education like ed educational materials before going into the setting. But um, it's just one of those things that like you get. You see these types of wounds, but when you get into the clinic, they can turn out to be so different. Like, you know, you get a lot of people that aren't compliant with their wound care, to say the least. I can tell you guys different stories later that the viewers probably don't want to hear. But so, <laughs> so those are a couple different wound care stories. Um, so I think that would be another kind of certification I would like to get. You know, I get I got so much experience with like um, being a student, and my CI was he had his um, WCC and uh, I think Jill has her CWS so it's nice kind of bouncing off both of them uh, for like do I want to go get one of these certifications later down so I, I think I'm still in the process of thinking of what I want to do so I think those would be kind of like my two things I would want. Yeah that's awesome that's definitely very different you know I know there's not too many wound specialists out there shout out Jill if you're listening you're great. Um, so how like do you do that like without your specialty right now? How much how much of your caseload I guess is wound care specifically? So I guess uh, it all depends on a day. You know that's why I love the emergency department because like I could go from doing like a couple orthopedic case uh, patients and uh, I could see a couple vestibular in the same day and then other days I think it just comes in waves. Like it's like I think the last day on Wednesday I had like five wounds that I had to see. So it's like, it can all be like, um, it can all be very different. You know, the documentation is very different for wound care. Uh, it's still changing today, like at our, uh, at our environment. So, you know, it all depends on what day it is. So, but yeah, it definitely varies. Yeah, kind of going back to, you know, you're talking about you do a lot of the distribution of medical equipment to these patients. Do you see that some of them have been kind of, or some of them have felt fallen through the cracks of the system where they don't have what they need at home and they've been living so long, you know, without what they need? You know, I've even seen it in the clinic I'm at, you know, talking to the neuro PT. She's like, I have a patient sent home with Guillain-Barre no walker, no tub chair, no grab bars, no braces, like nothing. Mm. Do you see a lot of patients who like are grateful to finally get what they need? Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends. I mean, you know, it's nice seeing that like, you know, you come in and like, you're like, oh, they're a little unsteady, but you know, if it's helping them, like I never wanna just go right to like, you don't have anything, hey, let's get you a walker and everything. Like I, I always try to see like, how, how can we do without this first? Like, are you, do you really need this? Or if there's a progressive disease, like, oh, you're probably gonna need this. So let's see if we can like help you steady, uh, steady yourself and kind of see like, is this gonna be more convenient for you or is this gonna be inconvenient? So, you know, I, it's nice having all of that like at hand. So like having the walkers and the canes, but you know, we also do like, especially people with like broken ankles, you know, wrist fractures, like, we have like some generic braces that are like even just wrist sprains, ankle sprains. We do have some generic um, like DME for that. But a lot of the doctors consult me just because 
you know, other ERs would just have the nurses put them on right away and just be like, okay, you're on your way. But, you know, I kind of educate them more on just, hey, look, here's your wearing until you follow up with outpatient ortho. Like, I want you off of this, you know, I want you making sure you're doing rice protocol. Um, but at least I can educate them and make sure that they're like walking safely. But like, if they're not, if they're just given the boot, like, hey, do they need crutches now? Because, you know, they're going to be off balance. So it's kind of like, it's nice because I kind of have free range to put in the orders because I have the relationship with the doctors saying like, uh, hey, they're always like, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, well, they're not walking so well, so they're going to need this, this, and this. So, um, but the one doctor is really receptive. Like we have our own, uh, we have our own protocol order that we can do saying like, if they come in with this uh, injury, we can automatically consult, uh, consult ourselves as PTs to go see those patients. So even if like the doctor hasn't yet got to them and they're like low back pain, you know, if they're not having, you know, your Ottawa rules that you're like, okay, if none of those are pre present and everything, like we could still then go see them. So as long as there's no red flags, you know, you can jump in on that right away. So it's nice always kind of seeing like, hey, can we eliminate some of this imaging as well? Just because, you know, we're seeing all of this, but that's kind of another side topic that I just got to, but. So I had a question and, you know, this is my first clinical, it's all of our first clinicals. Reading through certain patients' charts, there are some patients that I've found that really just like go to the ER for anything and everything. So I was wondering like, how many patients do you see where you feel like, yeah, you really didn't have to come to the ER, you know, and like it's, whether it's just a fear thing or a lack of education upon just general injuries, do you see a lot of people that kind of fit that mold? Yeah, especially the patient population out here. It's all, it's hit or miss, you know, but I do see those, you know, reoccurring patients that come in, you know, like every three months where they're like, oh, hey, I'm having this pain again. I'm like, well, I saw you for physical therapy like three months ago. And they're like, no, no. oh, I remember you now. I haven't done those exercises. I was like, okay, well, like, let's see, like, let's examine you again. Let's see how you're doing. Oh, well, this works. This works. Well, if, if it's working and that's where like, you know, you really got to educate people on and be like, you did come in for all of these pains, like these symptoms. So, you know, I think it, it heavily relies on the education that you provide. So you have to be, you know, really patient with these people because, you know, you don't want to say right away that they're like, okay, you're pain seeking or anything, you know, malingering. That's kind of what you avoid, but you really want to just say, hey, look, physical therapy can help. Like, this is why. So, um, so that's kind of like the big thing is like, you know, you got to be very careful with these patients because you don't want them to keep coming back in and you don't want them to like, then kind of be like a turnoff from you too. Just, just kind of make sure you're good with your education, provide the PT that you need. You know, we, as Gannon students, I feel like we got very good setup from people for clinics and everything. And I feel like we had a really good uh, education that I feel very confident in all my skills and, you know, talking to these patients that, you know, we can provide the, the right needs for them and kind of educate them well. Now, I know kind of there's that, the opioid epidemic in this country, how much have you seen of that in the emergency department where, like, are people receptive to, you know, physical therapy instead of getting a prescription of oxy or, you know, that kind of thing, or 
like what's your kind of role in that? Um, so I do see it, you know, it's Las Vegas, so I do see it a little bit more than than other places, I feel like. But I am in like inner city, so I feel like any inner city, you might have some of those same people that come back and like, you know, those same people that come in saying, hey, look, like, it's like I, I have some people I'm very like, you know, I, I try to talk to people. I try to spend those time with those people. And they're like, well, I just ran out of my pain meds two days ago. And that's why I'm having more pain. Well, I'm like, well, have you done anything like, you know, like at home, any exercises? No, I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, well, you know, and my corny saying is, this will go back to my third rotation. I always stole it from my one CI. I always say motion is lotion. The more you're moving, the better you're grooving. So, you know, that's, I always try to, you know, that gets a good smile on like most of my patients there. So, you know, I try to say like, just being like, just trying to keep up with your activity through the day. Um, and, you know, I still try to educate them as much as possible, but there's some people that, you know, aren't going to be as receptive to that. So I do see that often, but some people I have really good, you know, good outcomes with, cause they're like, you know, pain meds were my last resort, but I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be on pain meds. Like I am 40, with this kind of back pain like you know and you really got to do a good educate a good education good exam on them because you know did they just have a couple pregnancies and now they have like SI pain so can we refer them out to like a pelvic therapist like that's maybe because you know some people get stuck in the way of just like oh they're favoring flexion based exercises or it's extension you know it's all lumbar but like you know you really got to dig into everything so that's why uh, it all depends so when you go into a patient's room and you ask them about their pain rating, when I do it in clinic, I go, zero is no pain and 10 pains, you got to go to the emergency department. <laughs> What's your 10 then? Like, like, because you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I always say zero being no pain, 10 being the most excruciating pain of your life. And like, it's kind of funny because I just saw a TikTok on this one. And like the guy was like, you know, so if a guy like came up to you and chopped your arm with like a chainsaw, like now what would you rate it? And they're like 9.5. So like, <laughs> like, so like some people even say 50, you know, it's, you really got to just go with it. Cause you know, they're describing their pain. Like, and that's, you know, I always don't dismiss anybody's pain. You know, I, subjective scores are very, you know, kind of like low on the totem pole for me, but like, if I can at least relieve a little bit with just some therapeutic exercises, you know, hands-on manual therapy. Like if I could just get an inch with them, like I feel like I already like gained, you know, gained a couple yards with them. So, but yeah, the subject of you'll, you'll get some crazy answers in the ER. <laughs> I wanted to tell a story back to when Liz was asking about how receptive people were to PT versus like opioids or whatever else. I just thought it was the funniest thing because I've, I've seen this a couple of times now. This lady was coming in the clinic this week, chronic back pain. Like she's had back pain for like f upwards of like six months. It's been bugging her. Okay. So she's like done all this stuff to try to fix it. She came and saw us like two weeks ago. I think she had two visits and she was like, oh my, like I'm feeling so much better. Like I'm doing great. Like it's like a 180 turnaround. She was giving everything credit like except us it was like me and my ci looked at each other after and it was so funny like she was like yeah like i didn't like i didn't watch tv 
three days in a row. So like, I just must be like doing better because of that. And like, she was very religious, which was fine, but it was just like, yeah, I prayed last night and like, now I'm better. So it had, that had to be what it was. And like, we're sitting here like, oh, thanks. You know, I appreciate that. But I just thought it was so funny. It happens. It's like, I know you, like, even just you saying the six months, like I had this, this guy the other day, I'm like, you know, on paper, I'm like, oh, is he pain seeking? Like, and that's why I always, you know, you always, you always got to go in with a fresh mind. Cause I'm like, you can change somebody's day. So this guy comes in, you know, low back pain, neck pain, injury from 2018 motor vehicle accident. I'm like, I'm like talking to him. He's like, yeah, this pain's getting worse. I was like, why come in now? Like, what did you come in? Like, in 2019, 2020, you know, that there's a couple year gap we're missing here. So I was, so, you know, I'm talking to him and, you know, he's a, he's a pretty sedentary guy. Like, you know, it's, it was a um, lower, like, it's like just the educational level, you know, you know, he just was like, I'm just having all this pain from that injury alone. Like I want to open up this workers comp case again because of this injury. And I'm like, well, let's, let me talk, like, let's talk a little bit. Let's see, like, what, what are you doing on a daily basis? Well, I'm just kind of staying home on the couch and doing all this. I was like, okay, so you're having all this pain again, you know, I gave him my, you know, my little spiel, lotion is lotion. So, but, you know, I get him into, get him onto a table. I work with him a couple of days or not a couple of days, a couple, you know, a couple of exercises hands-on with him. And he's like, wow, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. So I'm like, like there, like, like it's, you might have this chronic pain, but it can come back. Like it could be like a flare up with you too. So, you know, these chronic pains, it's like, you really got to be careful with them just because, you know, I never want to rule out people that are chronic pain. And, you know, you see it like textbook is greater than six months, but you know, they can have acute on chronic flare up. So I always try to give them at least some education so that, you know, how long can we go without the surgery that's needed for these people? So but, and then afterwards, he's like, I think it was the pain, pain pill that, you know, helped me out. I was like, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, I did all this, but he was very grateful for the exercises I got him and everything. So he's like, oh, we can manage it with both now. So I was like, okay, that's like the inch that I needed to like, at least help you out here. Have you ever had someone call in and like, obviously like the answering team will be like, this is the emergency department. And they'll be like, yeah, Ryan's back there. Can I talk to Ryan? <laughs> Uh, I actually had one person call uh, the other day, they said, um, but yeah, they were, uh, they were like, no, he's not in, he's during these hours. So it's, it's nice. Cause like, you know, I try not to give out the emergency department number with everybody being there. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a good feeling. Like when, you know, you get like the relief, like I said, but yeah, I did have one person call back in. So. Another question I had was I've seen a ton and like, the way you're describing some of the patients you've seen where they're like kind of lower socioeconomic, maybe lower educational level. I've seen quite a few of those patients and outpatient specifically. And one thing that I've noticed, and this might just be my own bias talking here, just because what I've seen, a lot of them, I feel like are very, very fearful of movement. Again, I don't know if it's back to an education standpoint um, where they just think if they move, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of attitude would probably be heightened even more somewhere like in an emergency room. So how much do you run into that where people are like, wait a minute, like I'm, you want me to move? That's like the last thing I think I should do. 
Yeah, I get I get that constantly in the emergency department, especially just all my I'll go back to my low back patients because, you know, they get brought in by like ambulance and everything. So it's like they're like, oh, I can't move now. And like, yeah, do I wait till they get like maybe like a muscle relaxer in their system sometimes just to like help ease some of those tensions? Yeah, but, you know, getting them moving, like I always talk about early progressive mobility, you know, I also do like manual there. So I just try to do like at least something that can, you know, calm them down a little bit. So like, even if it's just talking to them for the first 10, 15 minutes, just letting them like explain their emotions, just knowing that they have somebody listening to them can even just go a long way too. So, you know, um, the physicians don't have those times. Like we have those times to like talk to them, like evaluate them. Um, and then, you know, I go, if it's giving them relief, you know, I might go into like a gentle, like soft tissue massage just to like, at least ease up the muscle pain. Um, I provide a little bit hands-on because I think some of the patients need a little bit of TLC when they come in, if they are in that flare-up mode. Um, but, you know, after that, you know, I, I teach them like basic things like log rolling out of the bed, like, just like if we get you home today, you know, like these are some ways to like, just make sure that you're, you know, moving okay, safely. Um, and then, you know, talking about like different types of modalities that can help them. And if I put them on that right there, and then, you know, I might go work with a different patient, come back and see how they're feeling. Like sometimes I get instant relief with people and it's just, it's nice. And then sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit. If I put them on ice while I'm there, I go work with somebody else, come back and be like, how are we feeling now? I know the exercises might be a little bit different, like, but some people, I, everybody I've worked with is, you know, pretty receptive of it. And, you know, it's, it does take time. I feel like I have a good like personality to talk to them and like get to know them and understand them rather than to be like, okay, you're getting up and moving right now. Like, so, so it definitely takes some time and, you know, you'll find your ways, especially like once you guys progress through your, like, uh, through your rotations and everything. I don't think I had, like, I think I kind of like easily like piggybacked off of each CI a little bit by one. And like, I found, I finally found like my own way by my fourth rotation. Like, it's kind of like, it all changes from person to person, you just gotta be very receptive to those people. How, how do you see kind of this kind of subspecialty of physical therapy in the emergency department growing relatively quickly or is it kind of a slow burn where it's taking time for people to, you know, warm up to the idea of kind of spreading it across the country and making it kind of standard for emergency departments across the country. I think with the research that I found a lot, there was a APTA guide to eat like emergency physical therapy. The last one was created in 2010. So they're finally redoing that. And um, going back to that EDPT group, uh, I feel like just with having them on board, I think a lot more you'll start to see uh, emergency departments, including physical therapists. So I think it, over the next couple of years, it's going to be growing pretty quickly. Like just from 2018 to now, I feel like it's just kind of increased in all the research just in the United States alone. I know there's research from, you know, Canada, Australia, and I think the UK that has a lot of like physiotherapists in the emergency department. And now we're finally starting to piggyback off of them. So I feel like over the next five to 10 years, you're gonna start seeing much, like uh, you're gonna see a good expansion of physical therapists in the emergency departments. Um, even like being at the Pittsburgh one, you know, we get a couple of consults in the emergency department just for mobility assessments. 
Um, but you know, it's not like the same as like the ones that I'm here. So I think it, it is growing, but it will take a couple more years. That's good to hear though, because we were just talking to Dr. Uh, Contreras, who was um, a White House PT. And he had talked about how in his, in his new role in the APTA, it's like super important for PTs to come with research and come with data if we want our profession to be respected amongst, you know, other medical professionals. And so that's really good to hear that that's happening. Yeah. And especially, I mean, it, just going back to the APTA, like uh, they just put something in the, ooh, the code of conduct or something saying that they were on board with having physical therapists in the emergency department. And that was just in 2020 or early 2021. So just knowing that, you know, our, our boards are backing us up and just having our profession, like realize that we're there, like the support helps. So, you know, we can only go up from here. So what I'm interested in is you're fresh, you're pretty fresh out of school still about a year or so. So we get a very broad education where you get a little bit, a little bit of everything, a slice of a little bit of everything. So I'm one of those people that I feel like I get really into something for a while, then I want to switch. So maybe it's like outpatient ortho for a while, then maybe it's neuro. You know, it's hard for me to really stick with one thing, kind of scatterbrained. Yeah. <laughs> How difficult do you think it would be, say someone works in outpatient orthopedics for 10 years and they want to kind of specialty switch? How hard do you think that would be to have to go into a setting like that where you have to use a little bit of that old stuff that maybe you haven't really had in 10 years? I mean, so what I've seen with everybody else, everybody kind of like for all the different PTs that are in the emergency department, they kind of gear it to like what they're good at. So, you know, I just got lucky that, you know, my CI had his wound care certification and he liked hands-on manual therapy. So, you know, ortho and uh, manual, like ortho and uh, his manual therapy and everything. And, you know, his wound care, like kind of just took off for me. So that's kind of where I was, you know, okay. Like if I would develop this, would this have been me going these routes? Uh, you know, wound care is definitely a different route. So, you know, if you're like not into wound care, you know, like if like the ortho, like say that you were 10 years ortho, you could come in and still, I feel like you'd still have, you know, a good, like grasp on everything. You can provide a lot of manual techniques with them. Uh, I guess it all just depends on like your background and can you put yourself into these cases? You know, what I've seen is that like sometimes just you're gonna, it's gonna be like a training period where you need to like kind of work on your skills again and especially in that kind of setting. But then it's all about like developing rapport with everybody again. So you can basically kind of go from all your different routes and backgrounds. I feel like, you know, I, I get very scatterbrained, ADD-ish. Like, I think the ER is like perfect for me. Like, you know, I, I wanna see ortho someday and then I'm like, okay, well, I wanna see acute care. Like, let's work on the cardiopulmonary aspect of this patient, you know, or, hey, look, like, you know, today's a day of wound care. So like, gotta suck it up and see all these kind of wounds. So like, you know, it all depends. Like, it's really like, depending on how you like to gear your ER and, you know, and just kind of the training behind it. So uh, if anybody's ever interested in like stuff like that, just let me know. I love that, man. So we're going to wrap up here in a bit, but I did want to ask you, um, like, obviously you've experienced different settings with your rotations and now you're in the emergency department. What's been your defining moment? Like what's been, you're like, wow, like this is why I do this. I'm so glad that I'm in this setting. 
and doing what I do. I mean, you know, I think it all goes back to those patients that you make a difference on. Um, there's some people that come in and they're, they're in tears, like when, when you get them, you know, and just being like an extra ear for them, especially being, you know, this is a different setting and everything and listening to them, you know, I could like, you become very good acquaintances with them, like really quickly and you have to be, but like, you know, the, I feel like the defining moment is like, once I get relief with them and like, you could tell on their face, they're like, oh, I, I can move a little better. Like I, like, you know, one person came out to me, you know, like, you know, this is my last like chance for being normal again. Like, it's just like having you in the ER, it's just, you know, you gave me like a little bit more purpose. Like you helped me with this low back pain. Like she needed like that education and just going back to there. Cause you know, you know, you really got to look at everything again, because like, you know, this girl couldn't even walk coming in like, and she's like, and I do a couple things with her, you know, um, give her some exercise, give her some manual therapy and like provide just a little bit of relief. And, you know, then we finally get her up and she's moving a little bit, you know, each time. So, uh, it's kind of that like defining moment, like, wow, I just, you know, help somebody like this really quickly. And it's just on those cases, those are re really rewarding. So, you know, you get a little emotional with them too, sometimes depending on how emotional they are. So, you know, but I mean, it's, you like, you always got to remember why you get into this field. So, you know, I want to, I've always wanted to make a difference and, you know, change people's daily lives, uh, you know, make them feel better and, I think just being in the ER, I can kind of see that a little bit quicker just because, you know, they come in this, come in with this 50 out of 10 pain and, you know, you then get that 49 and it's like, okay, that's, that's one step that I needed. So it's, it's really rewarding to see just the kind of the change and how people can be very grateful just for that little moment. So. That's awesome, man. Well, I wanted to thank you for your time, Ryan. I could say from a personal level that it's super cool to see you doing what you're doing now, man, from where we came as text to, to now. So congratulations yeah. on all your successes and all your future successes, man. We hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me and I hope the uh, rest of your rotations go well. So, Bye, guys. See ya.